1: And then notice her grasp on the promises of God. She says that God has helped His servant Israel as He promised to our fathers. She remembered that God had promised that through Abraham all of the nations of the world would be blessed and that He was keeping that promise, that God keeps His promises.
0: Welcome to another edition of Study Verse by Verse with the teaching of Pastor Leighton Scheele from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. During this holiday season, there are multiple services across the weekend beginning Saturday evening, throughout the morning on Sunday, and then again on Sunday evening. Further details are available on the website Highlands.us. That's Highlands.us. I know the congregation would love to see you anytime across the weekend if you're looking for a church home. The details, again, are at highlands.us. And if you've missed any of the broadcasts in this Advent series, you'll find them on the web at studyversebyverse.com. And with a continuation of this series, here's Pastor Layton.
1: You know, those of us who have been in church for a long time, we don't get the impact of those words. We become kind of dull to them. When Elizabeth said, my Lord... It was nothing less than a declaration of faith that the child in the womb of the Virgin Mary was the long-promised Messiah, the Lord, of whom King David had written under the influence of the Holy Spirit and prophesied so many years previous. And when you view this uh, in this light, then this expression is an expression of faith which is worthy to be placed alongside other expressions of faith in Scripture like that of Peter when he said, "'You are the Christ.'" And then she says, And blessed is she who believed. Blessed are you for believing that God's gonna fulfill his word. That's what Elizabeth, this ancient matriarch, godly woman, was telling the Virgin Mary. Blessed are you because you've believed God. And and she was familiar with the saints of the ages. Men and women who lived by faith, they trusted in the Word of God. By faith, they trusted in God's promises. By faith, they lived. By faith, they walked. By faith, they endured hardships. By faith, they looked forward to the promised Messiah, the promised Savior. By faith, they looked forward to good things that God was going to provide. By faith, they battled against the world, the flesh, and the devil. In Hebrews chapter 11, there's a list of of some of these people. We call it the Believer's. Hall of Fame, Hebrews chapter 11. And what Elizabeth was suggesting is that Mary should be among that list. And how does Mary respond? She, her heart's filled with joy, and she lifts up a song of praise. And I want you to note that her song contains quotations from the Old Testament, particularly Psalms and the Song of Hannah, found in 1 Samuel chapter 2. And what does that tell us? That tells us that Mary was not merely an uneducated peasant girl. She knew the word of God. She had hidden it in her heart. Listen to what she says. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has looked on on the humble estate of his servant, For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He's shown strength with his arm, and he's scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He's brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He's helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. So clearly the mind of Mary was filled, saturated with scripture so that when she opened her mouth, she was speaking scriptural language. It was the language that the Holy Spirit had already selected and consecrated. And it just poured out of her in songs of adoration and praise. And that's an example for us as well that we are so saturated in God's word that when we open our mouth, it's God's word that just pours forth. Now, in verse, verse forty-seven, there's something that Mary reveals about herself that I think is so very, very important. We must not miss this. She says, "And my spirit rejoices in God, my savior. In God, my savior." She was acknowledging that he need, she needed a, a savior and that God had provided that Savior in God, my Savior. She was acknowledging that she needed salvation. She needed saving from the very same things that we do. And if she needed a Savior, she couldn't be the Savior. You know, Mary never made any claim of being without sin. Now, one of the churches has declared that she was without sin didn't that Doctrine, by the way, was not defined until 1854. That's, what, less than 200 years ago by Pope Pius IX. The earliest records that I was able to find of this notion of Mary being without sin dates from the 5th century in one of the portions of the church that was found in Syria. There's no record that I could find before the 5th century, which means that it's not apparent, or it is apparent, that the early church didn't teach this particular uh, doctrine. Now, when we say that, we have to be very careful that we don't diminish Mary in any way, that we remember that out of all of the women in the history of the world, it was this woman that God chose to be the mother of the Christ child. She says, from now on, things are going to be different. All generations are going to call me blessed. And so she went from being an unknown peasant girl in a little village to being the most honored woman in the history of the world. And that's appropriate. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. In spite of her being in poverty, God had looked on her with favor. And that's only one of many examples we have of Scripture that shows us that God is not a respecter of persons. He doesn't give preferential attention to people of power and wealth and so forth. He is looking for people who are humble and contrite so that He can bless them. He who is mighty has done great things for me. He's shown strength with His arm. It's interesting in the book of uh, Exodus that God's strength being exercised is described Uh, By his finger, by his hand, and by his arm. In uh, Exodus 8, the production of lice was by God's finger. Other miracles in Egypt were performed by his hand. But the destruction of Pharaoh and his army, the greatest army on the face of the earth at the time, was by God's arm. She's saying, God has revealed the strength of his arm to me. Now listen carefully to what she says. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. She transitions from talking about what God has done for her to what God has done for all of us. And that gives us a really significant insight into who Mary was. She wasn't self-focused. It wasn't all about her. She was saying, look what God has done for me. But look what God has done for us all. We've all received His mercy. And she names three groups to which God has been merciful, the helpless, the humble, and the hungry. And the common people of that day were helpless when it came to uh, justice and rights. They were oftentimes hungry and, and uh, they were discouraged and there was no way for them to fight the system. What Mary saw is that the Lord's going to turn everything upside down. He's going to put everything right. The weak are going to dethrone the mighty. The humble are going to scatter the proud. The nobodies are going to be exalted. The hungry are going to be filled with good things. The rich are going to be, end up poor. That God is going to make everything that's wrong right. And then notice her grasp on the promises of God. She says that God has helped His servant Israel as He promised to our fathers. She remembered that God had promised that through Abraham, all of the nations of the world would be blessed, and that He was keeping that promise, that God keeps His promises. That's something we also always need to do. We need to know what God has promised and hold on to those promises. And Mary remained with her about three months And returned to her home. That means that Mary stayed with Elizabeth until around or just after the time that John the Baptist was born, and then she came home to Nazareth. Now, by that time, uh, the signs of pregnancy would have become obvious. And so when she got to town, no doubt the uh, gossipers would have gone to business, and she would have had uh, some kind of a discussion that would have not been comfortable with Joseph. And by God's grace, God had provided for that because Joseph got a visit as well. And he was a godly man and did what God told him to do. But I want to ask you, Is this is a hypothetical question. Think, think about what would have happened if the angel showed up and, and was talking with Mary, and Mary's response was instead, you know, um, this is a really interesting proposal uh, that you've given me, but you know... Um, I have plans. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I've got a man. He's a, he's a good man. And uh, he's a hard worker. And, and we're not going to be rich, but I'm sure that, that he's going to provide. And we just have a nice, peaceful, quiet life in the country. Um, and, and what you're asking me to do doesn't fit my agenda. Um, do, you, do you have someone else? Now, can you imagine if that would have been a response? Now, God is always going to accomplish whatever God wants to accomplish, but think of what Mary would have missed out on. And yet, you know, the the response that I described hypothetically with Mary is oftentimes the response that we have when God wants us to do something. Well, first off, we try to ignore him. And if that doesn't work, then, you know, uh, God... I've got some plans. And uh, what you're asking doesn't fit my agenda. I'm rather busy. Do you have someone else? And you wonder what we might be missing. I heard a preacher one time said, says there going to be any tears in heaven. It's probably when we find out what God could have done through us, but didn't, because we didn't respond like Mary responded.
0: You've been listening to the final segment from a message shared by Pastor Leighton Sheely with the congregation at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. This is an Advent series, and you've just heard the last of Part 2. We'll move into Part 3 on the Friday broadcast. I hope you can join us. If you'd like to listen to past programs, go to our website at studyversebyverse.com. That's the name of this broadcast ministry, studyversebyverse.com. I'm Mike Trout. Join us tomorrow if you can as Pastor Layton once again opens the Word of God to the book of Luke, chapters 1 and 2, and we study verse by verse.